We are live as we dig into spring and summer planning for high school basketball coaches with the man, Coach Anthony Troshak, Coach's Edge contributor. Coach, what's happening? How much? Uh, just thankful to be here. Uh, nice weather, you know, in Michigan. So, um, but also it that means, you know, summer basketball is right around the corner and it kind of just sneaks off a lot of stuff at the end of the year. You know, you don't realize it until it all compiles, especially if, if you're in education. A lot of end of the year tasks, uh, celebrations, things like that going on. So it's a busy time of year, um, but it's a time that you know coaches have to start preparing for uh, their program and what it's going to look like in, for the summer months. It's a good point. You just you finish basketball season. There's kind of this winding down period. You're you're catching your breath and you're probably evaluating, looking back on how that season went. You're thinking about you know what's to come, and then before you know it, it's like no, it's it's planning. You know, putting putting the pedal to the metal and making sure that we're not behind when things get up and running, especially in the, in the summer of June and July. But I want to even talk about May as this episode is coming out. As a high school basketball coach, what are some things that you've done in the past or that you recommend that high school coaches really need to be taking care of and doing with their players the month of May? I mean, by now, most coaches have probably had their exit interviews, uh, their conversations with the players that are returning. They probably have a summer schedule like set. Um, so it's more of like your plans that go into that summer schedule as far as, you know, the logistics of things. And also, um, you know, me personally uh, running summer basketball camp, uh, always a big thing. Um, and so putting together those plans, uh, you know, from ordering medals, to getting the t-shirts, to getting out flyers, to kind of putting um, that information out to the community about the camp. And then with players, um, you know, and smaller schools especially, and I know a lot of coaches, well, not a lot of coaches, but some that are in our program uh, are all, all coaches at smaller schools, so they they're probably have a lot of three-sport athletes. So I think right now it's just kind of a time to maybe get the players in the gym every once in a while, but just get up a lot of shots and some skill work, get a ball back in their hand if they haven't had one in, in their hand for a few months. You know, what are your kind of thoughts or your suggestions? I'm kind of curious to always learn um, what other coaches have going on coming into the summer months. Yeah, I think, you know, the month of May is usually you're rounding out the end of the school year. So I, I think that every high school coach has that end of your meeting. I, I still remember right before school would start, our varsity coach, Coach Gainforth, and say, hey, you know, Friday morning at 7.45 a.m., we're having the basketball meeting. Everybody that's going to play basketball next year is coming in. And that's when you would get the layout, the plan for the summer from the coach, right? So you, you should be having that meeting before those kids leave. I mean, that's a must, right? Because you may never get that group of kids together all at once again the entire summer but you know they're at school. So have that meeting at school, if at all possible. I know it's easier for those in education than if you work outside the school system. But to have that big team meeting, grades nine through 12, I think is really important. Talk about what that plan is gonna look like. If you're doing some of that earlier in May, what is that open gym schedule? Especially for some of our, if you, if you don't have as many spring sport athletes, or if you're at a bigger school that you're just gonna have less uh, spring sport athletes, so you can place them at open gym. What's the open gym schedule for the month of May? You have that team meeting and you should be organized enough with your youth basketball camp by the end of May 
so that when June hits and school gets out, you're able to say, okay, we're putting a little more of a focus on our grades nine through 12, instead of feeling like I'm behind with this youth basketball camp that we need to run. And now you're just trying to, to catch up. I want to take care of business as much as I can. You mentioned, you know, getting flyers, advertising for, for the youth basketball camp. You know, what are the t-shirts going to look like for the kids? Who are the coaches? Generally, if you're running a, a youth basketball camp during the month of June, which is what most high school basketball programs do say it's probably through eighth grade because your freshmen and up are, are doing some of the open gyms and workouts and team camps anyway. So you run it generally for your youth. Who are the coaches going to be? Generally, that would be your high school basketball players coming in. It's just kind of part of being part of the program, giving back, building the culture. And so you're making sure that they understand like, hey, this is part of what we do. This is part of you being a, a varsity basketball player is you come and you you coach this next generation of, of kids up. Like it's not just your open gym time and the team camp when we're going to travel. This is a big part. And uh, the kids may not feel like, they love that necessarily. But what I found, because sometimes, as you know, coach team coaches will have me come in for that week of camp and then their varsity basketball players will come in. And in the beginning, they're like, eh, I don't think I'm really going to like this. Sometimes they end up having more fun than the actual campers do just because of some of the camaraderie that is built there. Um, I think of some of the open gym times for the summer. You want to be able to give your kids in May the open gym schedule. Are you having two open gyms a week for all of June and all of July? Uh, you know, maybe it's six to 8 PM on say Tuesdays and Thursdays or Sundays and Thursdays, whatever that might be. You're giving that to them. Um, those are really some of the, the planning aspects that I think of, you know, the month of May to really try to take care of business. So you're not feeling like you're behind when you, when school gets out. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. And it, you gotta be you know, ahead of the game, um, because as we mentioned, the end of the year kind of sneaks up on you and you forget how many tasks you have and how much, how many things that go into planning a camp or even summer basketball. Um, and, you know, the more years you do it, the more experience you're going to have. And also it's great to have great assistance or to be able to delegate that or somehow have them responsible for different things every year, whether it's, um, you know, a coach that's in charge of gathering kids for the youth basketball camp. Maybe they're just in charge of ordering the T-shirts and basketballs. You got to have help um, in, a, in, in order to have a successful summer program with basketball. The one other thing that I, I didn't mention was you want to make sure you understand how many games are we going to play as far as scrimmages, shootouts, whether it's a one-day shootout, different types of team camps with your grades 9 through 12, and getting that booked. Like I know uh, some coaches who – don't have some of those things booked yet. And now they're in trouble because a lot of them are full. And, you know, it's like, hey, there's this two-day shootout. It's fairly local. And there's going to be a lot of teams there. Good price. Can we sign up? No, it's full. They already have the maximum of teams possible. And so if you haven't done that, I'd encourage you to make sure that you're doing that. Get your, when are you going to play? Because all of a sudden, you're going to be looking for scrimmages. You're going to be looking for a team camp. And everybody else is going to be locked in. They're already going to have their specific amount of dates that they are going to use. They have already had that book. And you're going to be left hanging out to, to dry with not a whole lot of competition and not getting the chance to play as many games as you should. And 
I, I really want to emphasize this for the coaches that have players that are generally smaller school and they're multi-sport athletes. I, I can't emphasize enough how important I think it is for those kids to play a ton of basketball in June. If you're at a bigger school, you have a lot of kids already playing AAU. Maybe I wouldn't be quite so worried about that because they're playing some spring ball. They might start back in in July. But if you're at a school that the majority of your players are two and three sport athletes, they don't really touch a basketball until the end, end of fall. And then they really put down the, the ball again. And when their spring sport starts, if you don't play a ton of basketball in the summer, it's almost like they're going a year without playing basketball. I mean, they're, they're not going to get any better. Their body's going to grow. They're probably going to get a little more athletic. And that's where you see the programs that just struggle. And basically they, they get very inconsistent with the wins and losses because they just end up winning based on, Hey, we had a lot of talent this year. Okay. We're down. So we, we lost a lot more games this year, but you can really tell those teams that win on a consistent basis. Those are the ones that have kids that are playing throughout the course of the year. You got to make sure they're hooping this summer. And I think you kind of already alluded to it um, as far as communication and that that information should already be out there because kids are busy, you know, and they're still kids too. And they, they got families and those families are going on vacation. Those families are camping. Those families are having, you know, uh, family reunions or whatever it might be. So you need to get that information out to them in order for them to have an opportunity to join these. If, if you're sitting out there and you don't get that out till two weeks beforehand, you know, it's tough, you know, and then you expect the kids to be there. Um, you know, you've got to get that done. Like you said, some of them are already full, but also to give those, those players a fair shot. You want them to be there. Um, so you got to make sure that you get them the information um, in a timely manner. Uh, but as you mentioned, yeah, I think it's vital. And I, Funny you mentioned uh, summer basketball in this conversation. I was just giving uh, a high school player a ride to a morning workout. And he's like, I just love, I just love shootouts, like summer shootouts. Because, and kids do like, and I think that's like the fun whether you're going and staying overnight or whether you're just playing three or four games a day, like it's a different environment. You know, it's summer, the gyms are hot. Like it's just a good time at June. You're just getting out of school. Like there's something about that time that like, it's just fun for kids to be in the gym and be playing basketball. Um, and I think once they understand that, like a lot of kids, like I had a blast playing, you know, when I grew up looking forward to going to Western Michigan or central staying in the dorms, and just, you know, having a blast playing basketball. And it was a little um, less stressful because we're going to get out there, we're going to play, we're going to see what we have. You know, it's a little less structured. Um, so, you know, kids got to sell that to kids and hopefully they understand that because that's, a, like I said, it's a vital part of building a program and being successful. We'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, serving mid-Michigan in the thumb with their big three automotive needs. They have a wide range of products from Chevy, Buick, Ford, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram. And they also have a large selection of pre-owned vehicles with one of the largest selections of trucks in the state. They are sure to fit your needs. Standish and Gladwin are truck country. Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, they are all about service. And I can tell you firsthand from purchasing a couple different vehicles from Richardson Automotive, they are all about service. Stop in and see them today. They will get you right. Couldn't agree more. And I know, you know, some coaches are are all in on making sure their kids play a, a ton of games, and some coaches aren't. And 
part of me wonders, does the coach know, like, hey, we, you know, they have an idea of how good their team is, how good their team stacks up both locally and, you know, as they were to travel out. And so they feel pretty good about where their team stand. But the, the problem with that is, for me, your kids don't know. Maybe you've coached for 10 or 20 years. And so you have a really good handle on evaluating, understanding where your team are. But your kids have never been through this before, right? They only go through high school once. So to get out and play at, you know, you're in Michigan, right? So a Central Michigan, a Western Michigan, any of these team camps. And yeah, maybe, or maybe even go out of state. Maybe the competition isn't necessarily better than if you stayed a little bit closer to home. And you know that. But who doesn't know that? Your kids don't know that. And you build confidence by having your kids play against teams that they're not familiar with, that they don't know. And then when you finish some of those camps, a couple of things can happen. One, you can get a little wake up call and say, okay, we got, we clearly have some things to work on. Or you can also have a great confidence boost because you're like, hey, you know what? We thought we were pretty good for our area, but we actually played a bunch of kids from all over the state and we did pretty well against them. We can play. We can play. And that gives you confidence and some momentum as you continue to work on your game. And I share that just because I've seen that. I've seen, you know, coaches who have they've coached for a long enough time. So they don't necessarily want to go to some because, listen, I get it. It's hard being a varsity coach. You're staying in the dorm for one or two nights on some of these events. You're away from your family, but it's, it's a great team, team bonding experience. And you're building something with your kids that I really don't think you can build any other way or at any other time of the year. And to be able to give those kids the opportunity to compete against kids that they never would compete against, it's a huge, huge benefit for those that are playing three sports. They just don't play a whole lot of basketball. This is your chance to make sure they're hooping. I just, I know I've already said this, but if your kids are playing three sports, you got to make sure they're playing basketball in June. Must. Yeah, and going back to what you said about relationships and an opportunity to build those in kind of a unique situation, I think it is. And it's when you really start building those relationships now compared to November. Like if you got a athlete that's playing three sports and you don't, you're not able to catch them in the summer, you know, you can't start that relationship. Maybe you're a varsity coach and they are going to be a junior. So they're trying out for the varsity or their sophomore maybe coming up. That's an opportunity to build that relationship. And it's really fun for me. It was really fun for me as a coach to get players out of like their, their kind of comfort zone, get them in a different environment and just see them be kids. You know, whether it's we went out putt-putt or go-kart racing, like the inside jokes that you're going to build there and that team bonding that you're going to do there are going to pay dividends when it comes November. So I know you're mentioning skills for three sport athletes and that they need to be, you know, playing a lot of basketball, especially in the month of June. Um, from a coach's standpoint, you got to be able to build those relationships because you might not be in the gym with that player until November again or here and there. Um, throughout the summer. So it's an opportunity to kind of, you know, reach out and start that relationship building process. And and for your players to start building relationships. You got, you know, your juniors are going to be seniors. So now you have sophomores that are coming up that are juniors that haven't haven't played. Maybe they haven't played together, depending on what level they've been at. So it's just a great um, opportunity to build relationships throughout your program. 
So as you get into the month of June and July, these things are now in place. They're up and running. What are those things that you really make sure you try to hammer home as kids are probably doing more team organized stuff in June and they're doing more of the individual things in July? So if I'm talking with individual players, um, especially ones that are returning or even ones that would be coming up for varsity in the past, um, kind of talking about where they need to improve and what their strengths and weaknesses are. And then one thing I like to say is, you know, is your weakness something that is going to be a keeping you off the court? Like, or because there's a kind of debate, should we strengthen our, you know, our strengths or should we improve our weaknesses? But if your weakness is so glaring that it won't even allow you to be on the court to showcase your strength, then you're going to have to improve that. All right. But if you're, you know, a player that, you know, it's pretty good shooter, that's your role. You're solid in every other area. So if you were to improve your ball handling or defense, it would help a little. But if you can really, really just be a knockdown shooter, um, that's your role. And you're still going to be able to be on the floor then I would just maybe encourage that player to strengthen that. And also depends on, is this player going to be a senior? Is this player going to be a junior? How much room can and how much time are they going to put in to improve? So that's one thing from um, an individual player aspect as far as, you know, weaknesses, strengths, where I see them or where I, where they might need to improve. And then um, from team things, I'm starting to implement like our culture, like, and, you know, the non-negotiables, whatever those might be for coaches, you know, effort and attitude, body language. Um, and then the pillars, which I know you're working on kind of a, a coach's guide. And that's when you start introducing those pillars, uh, whatever they are in your program, maybe it's rebounding. Like, or we're going to, we're going to defend whatever it might be. You start emphasizing those in summer basketball. Um, so you can hit the ground running in November and players know the expectations of this is how we're going to do things, but you start that with the culture. And I think the first thing is, can you, you got to get the kids there and you got to get them to buy in, compete. Um, all that other stuff's going to kind of fall in line when you, when you get that culture and you get uh, the right um, characteristics and traits going on. Tons of good nuggets right there, you know, from the individual and team standpoint and once you have those things in idea, how do you go about implementing it? And here are a few things that you would be able to take what Coach Troshak just broke down. Here's my opportunities to apply. I mean, in June and July, I'm thinking you're going to team camps. We've already talked about that. You may be in a, a summer league. Like I know uh, my, we didn't get the chance to play when I was in high school, which was a really long time ago, but like when my younger brothers were playing, cause I'm the oldest of five boys, two days a week, they went into Bay city and played Bay city, Michigan and played in a summer league. And they might play the teams from Saginaw teams from Bay city, other teams from outside the thumb. And it was a great opportunity for them to play. It wasn't too far away to travel because they were going there twice a week, but at the same time they were playing teams that weren't in their conference. They were playing against schools pretty much all the schools were their same size or bigger. And so that was a great way for them to get a high level of competition consistently. You got some kids that are going to play AAU. So between team shootouts and team camps, a possible summer league that you could join, playing AAU, those are three different opportunities for your kids to be playing five on five as a team. 
you have your youth basketball camp. It's probably going to happen in the month of June. Some run it in, in July, and that's really not a big deal to run it in July either because you're usually running that camp through eighth grade anyway. Not a whole lot of commitment. You know, I know uh, there might be more volleyball and football associated with grades nine through 12 in, in those months. But for eighth grade and below, it's really not a problem to run it in July either, um, which is also something to think about. If you're a coach, you're like, man, our June is packed with our nine through 12. What if we ran our, you know, grades one through eight youth basketball camp? We just did it at some point in July. Maybe that works for you. You know, do, do what works for you. Um, on top of all that, you're probably going to have some open gyms. You're probably going to have, for certainly going to have some individual or small group workouts, whether that's four-player workouts. Teams that I know have had success also getting their kids in the weight room, they usually partner up with the other varsity coaches. Right. So um, like I'm thinking specifically of uh, coach um, Yale varsity basketball coach Garnet. Yeah. Kohler. Kohler does a great job of if you if you're an athlete at their high school, you go in and you lift and it's it's a it's a lifting athletic development program. It's, it's co-ed and it's like rounds from like 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. or something like that. And so the coaches are not fighting for, like, for their players. They've all set aside, this is the time slot and we're lifting weights, we're working out, we're jumping rope, we're doing different act, physical activities and it's gonna benefit the athleticism, the physical strength of everybody, boys, girls, regardless of what sport that they're playing. And it's a great way to not feel like you're picking your kids apart and you're also not overlapping, hey, we lifted weights here. Oh, now this coach wants us to go lift weights over here because we're doing basketball. But our football coach, well, we already lifted with them. You don't run into any of those, those problems. So you're saving time and you're saving the kids' kids' bodies. And one thing that we didn't mention is we're asking a lot for our coaches that are you're in it, you're committed. We're asking a lot from our kids and those families throughout the course of the summer to get better, to make a commitment. And certainly as a coach, you're sacrificing some of your time. But I would ask you as a coach listening, how are you getting better this summer? How are you growing as a coach th this summer? Not only evaluating your team and creating a plan, and you mentioned a little bit of we're, we're actually tomorrow is our next coach's edge meeting and we're going to start to talk about this coaching guide that we're putting together and what are your pillars of play and start to break that down and what that looks like as far as helping coaches say, this is what we stand for. This is how we're going to play. And here are, you know, the one, two, three things that make us, us, we really got to try to concentrate on that in this off season heading into next season. But on top of that, how are you developing yourself? Are you listening to podcasts? Are you reading books? Are you, you know, talking with other coaches? Is there another coach who's been in similar shoes to you? you maybe they're a mentor for you. Maybe you go buy them dinner. Uh, you have them over your house for, for a cookout. Uh, there's so many ways, coaching clinics, there's so many ways for us to learn. If we're going to ask our kids to get better during the summer, we need to be able to finish this summer and say, I have no doubt in my mind, I am a better coach in August than it was in July. And I got no doubt in first of July that I'm a better coach than I was at the beginning of June. We're asking our players to get better. We got to hold ourselves accountable and make sure we're getting better as well. Yeah. 
and that's you kind of hit on all of that with coaches edge um books um watching videos picking the brains of other coaches you know you, you gotta gotta prepare for the season but also it's an opportunity especially to do a couple deep dives in the off season you have a little more time compared to maybe the spring or in the fall where you can really dive into a topic uh, maybe it's leadership maybe you want to develop leaders uh, for next year so you can dive into that maybe it's you know you're like hey we're not going to be able to run our normal you know man-to-man offense uh or man-to-man defense this year so we're gonna we're, we're gonna look at a zone so it's an opportunity to do that and i would even encourage coaches to do that before june so that way they can tweak it when they're playing in the month of june kind of see what it looks like and then dive even further into it in july and august um but yeah coaches you know like coach Kramer just mentioned you're asking your players to get better what are you doing to get better and I don't know if any coaches do this, um, but I, I, you know, like to reflect at the end of the season on, you know, areas that I could improve, could have have improved on. And I even asked the players, like, you know, how can I be a better coach? And I asked for feedback from them. So that's an opportunity in the summer to look at, like, those, reflect on those areas, um, the feedback that the players gave me so I can find avenues, whether it's talking to somebody like yourself, whether it's joining something like Coach Edge, whether it's picking up a book or a podcast. I can look into the areas that I need to improve on to best help those players. I love it. So two things as we finish out this, this podcast, one, I want to go back to one thing you mentioned individually, you talked about strengthening strengths and the weaknesses of a player. And I like to look at it from three different tiers or levels. Strengthens, strength, strengthens, wow, that's very clean of me. Strengths, weaknesses and liabilities. And I always say, listen, you can have a weakness, but you can't have a liability because a liability is what keeps you off of the court. And a liability as a team is what loses you games. And so as a team and as a coach, you're looking at, okay, what are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? What are our liabilities? And as a player, you're doing the same thing. What are my strengths? I want to strengthen my strengths. I want to play to my strengths a lot. What are my weaknesses? Maybe I can get a little bit better at that. But at the same time, I know, my weaknesses isn't going to jump and become a strength in a couple months, right? But I can get better at it. That's okay. But if I have a liability and that's keeping me from being out on the court, I really need to concentrate on that. So those are maybe the, out of those three categories, those are the, the two that I would think about almost the most is, can I strengthen my strengths? Can I make sure I don't have any liabilities? And then there's that third one of, okay, weaknesses. Do I have, maybe we sprinkle in a little bit of a weakness, whatever, whatever that might, might be. Let me, let's finish out with this coach. We taught, we challenged our coaches listening on this podcast to continue to improve and get better. What's one thing that you plan on doing uh, this summer to really make sure that you're a better coach by the time it's all over? That's a tough question. Um, but one thing I'm kind of looking into is, both, uh, I'll talk, I guess, um, X's and O's and then, you know, intangibles. But X's and O's would be being able to apply pressure and handle pressure. Um, the more I've been coaching, I think that teams that can handle pressure, players that can handle pressure and players that can apply it are, you know, they're really a premium and they can change the game, especially if you have some athletes out there. Um, you're at a school maybe that, you know, has some Maybe they're more of a football school or whatever it might be. And how can you use what's best 
how can you use your athletes on the basketball court to the best capacity? But on the flip side, they got to be able to handle pressure because then you know, the team can turn it up right on that. So that's one thing I want to focus um, in the summer is being able to handle pressure and apply pressure. And then um, from the other topic, it is ma- mainly like becoming a better teacher, not necessarily a coach, but like coming up with ways that uh, that allows skills, allows, you know, things to transfer from practice to games and how to make it like stick to them, like sticky, whether it's language, whether it's terminology, um, and really narrow it down so they can kind of narrow their focus on skills um, instead of having a bunch of different terminology or, um, you know, concepts, I can really narrow down what I want them to know so they can stick, they can, it sticks to them and it sticks in their brain. And if I were to ask them, what are the three keys to this, you know, skill, what are the three keys to that they, they can, they can have those. So breaking things down into learnable pieces, if that makes sense, but basically more of like being a teacher of the game and not necessarily just coaching it, but teaching the game. Um, so that way players can grasp it, they can transfer it into game situations. What about yourself? What do you got focused on this summer besides running a bunch of camps? Yeah. So um, it, it, it's, it's funny because, um, you know, your basketball season is the winter. My basketball season is the summer. Like it's, it's go cut time. It's constant boom, 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 boom during the summertime. So my off season is the winter. I just, I just got out of it. Right. And so what I worked on this winter to better prepare for my actual season, which is, coming up right now in June, July, and August was I really tried to look at it and say, how can I become a better basketball coach compared to a better player development coach or, you know, trainer, whatever you might call it, because that's really what I'm is being asked of me more and more as I go in and run these camps and work with more coaches is it's not somebody who can only teach individual skill development but it's much more big picture of, yes, we want to get detailed in that area, but we also want to be able to make sure we're doing a good enough job that I do a good enough job with the coaches that I work with, that I can teach those individual aspects of the game, shooting, footwork, ball handling, finishing, but also pull it back enough that I can help explain to that specific school that I'm working with, how this is going to help them specifically as a program. And, And as I say this, I'm talking specifically about the team camps that we're run for the high school teams. We'll have coaches edge members. I, I've watched all the, these teams on film and we'll go and work with them for a summer basketball camp. And so to be able to say, hey, we need to improve our shooting, our ball handling, whatever that may be, and to break it down individually, but do a better job of pulling it back and saying, here's how you guys play, right? I know your coach really well, and here's how we can start to, to implement it. And so that's been the, the big thought process. And a, a few areas that I, I've, I've gone about it, um, took a zone offense course that you recommended this winter. That was probably a weakness of mine. And you just came out with an unbelievable coaches uh, two, three zone offense course with the coach's edge. But, but I took a zone offense course because I felt like my, my knowledge as a coach was much more experienced on how offenses can attack man-to-man defense, but I wasn't quite as good at, how offenses can better attack zone. So I got, I became a better zone offense coach throughout the course of the summer and or throughout the course of summer, throughout the course of the winter. And I mean, honestly, a lot of teams still are playing zone. A lot of teams play two, three zone, you know, so 
that, I mean, that's a necessity for me as a coach. And I, I'm a little bit embarrassed, honestly, that I hadn't really dug more into zone offense in previous years because a lot of teams play zone. Um, the, the other area is trying to pull it back as a coach and saying, you know, if I had to really hang my hat on a few specific things as a basketball coach, what would they be? And that is why I put together this coach's guide that, you know, we're slowly revealing to our coaches as members is asking them the same thing as a coach looking at this next upcoming season, what are the three, four, five things that you can hang your hat on that make you, you as a team and as a program, this upcoming winter. And then we slowly unpack that from half court defense to half court offense, to transition defense, to transition offense, to skill development, to get in specific with shooting, what that looks like, how you build it and really trying to start with the big picture things and then just slowly peel a layer back, peel a layer back, peel a layer back and get more specific. I really look myself in a mirror this summer and say, Steve, you got all this information, but if you had to boil it down into a handful of pages that were most important to you, you haven't done that yet. And so I did that for, for the first time this winter and it gives me a, a, a blueprint, honestly, as, as a coach and, and even as player development to be able to look at this five, six page document that I have and be like, yeah, these are some of my most important beliefs as far as a basketball coach, if I were coaching a team. And then the third one that I really tried to dig into this, this winter and improve was youth basketball instruction due to COVID and, and, and moving uh, across the country. I wasn't as involved in youth basketball at the elementary and early junior high level as I had been in previous years. And so trying to get back into that, see what more coaches are doing, um, learn more about how we can implement more three on three effectively, get more kids involved, getting them having fun, making sure that they're not just improving their specific skills, but can we apply them faster in a game? Can we try them out and have more success and more failure in game situations? But at the same time, making sure that you're not playing too much basketball without any of the teaching, without any of the instruction, because I've heard from too many parents that they're like, yeah, my kid played in their youth basketball league and they just run around and they're traveling and they played this league like twice a week for six weeks. I don't even know if they really know the rules of the game. Right. It was just a bunch of kids running around, chasing after the ball, trying to throw it in the hoop, but they didn't learn. And so to find that balance of we're giving them the chance to play, but we also need to make sure we're, we're taking our time and explaining pivoting and, and passing and ball handling and, you know, shooting layups and trying to give them enough time and, and both so that they can get the best out of the games that they're playing while not spending too much time in, okay, we pivoted and passed and did all this stuff. Hey, we never got to try it out. We never got to scrimmage and play games. Uh, it was a challenge for me, but at the same time, I think that's a big area that I grew I grew this year. Oh, that's good stuff. And, uh, you know, all coaches out there that are listening to this podcast right now are probably thinking, or just from listening to your previous podcast, are growing and they don't even know it. Like, just by, you know, listening to you talk, by listening to the guests that you have on myself excluded from that um but uh anybody that you have on any podcast you know that's a form of growth so kudos to any coach out there that's listening right now or has been listening to coach Kramer's podcast or other podcasts um that's what it's about that's what it's about it's about growth you're helping kids out and you know as a coach 
I, I know I know it's hard work, and I just wanted to commend you and uh, thank you for you know impacting kids' lives. So keep doing what you're doing, coaches. Thank you for listening to the Coach's Edge podcast. Couldn't have said it any better uh, than Coach Troshak did right there. Have a great spring. If you have any questions about you know, how you might go about planning certain aspects, feel free to reach out to us. I mean, that's what Coach Coach Troshak and, and I are trying to do with this podcast, especially reach more coaches, help more coaches. And if you have any specific questions about, you know, what that might look like as far as a summer basketball camp and, you know, some programming for open gyms, whatnot, just, you know, shoot us a message, contact us description uh, below. You can check that out. And uh, as always, get after today.